Who would, who would like power to overcome in life? Overcome sin, temptation, to overcome this, you know, depression. Who would, like that? who would like a supernatural friend? Who would like a supernatural friend that could lead you, guide you, comfort you? I mean, someone like that supernatural friend who you can't see but is there uh, beckoning you, asking you to hear him out uh, because I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. So God is the Father, uh, God the Father, God is the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and God is the Holy Spirit. Who believes with me? Who believes in that? God the Ho- and the, the Holy Spirit is not some mystical force. It is the person. He has a will. He has an intellect. He has a personality. We're going to talk about that. Who would like to befriend someone like that? You know, it, it, literally like that movie. What's that movie that we saw? It's fantastic. Um, what is it? Avatar. Oh, man. That is fantastic. Who's seen Avatar? Who's seen it? Oh, You've got to see it, man. Because that is a whole dimension of imagination that alludes a lot to the dimension that we should live in. Amen? We should allude to some supernatural friendship in Jesus' name. Now, here it is. Here it is. I see Christians even struggling with the concept of church. Without the Holy Spirit, you will struggle to pray. You will struggle to read your Bible. You will struggle to give even. What a great giving message, Garth. Let's give it up for Garth this morning. One of the young sons, just really, and Luke and the other guys are really excelling, and it's fantastic. Sarah, you did outstanding. And you've got to fight on your hands against your intellectual parents that think, what are you doing? You know, moral absolutes uh, versus moral relativity. I love that, Steve. That that's, it was one of my uh, little, little pet not arguments, but debates. I think that's fantastic. And what a great way how you uh, witnessed to, to uh, Sarah. That was fantastic. So even Christians all over the coast, and listen to me, I keep meeting them. I keep meeting them. And they're struggling, not so much with God, but they're struggling with the concept of church, even to come to church, even to belong to church but even to be the church. And then we get into areas of prayer. They can't pray. They can't help you build the church. They can't serve the church. They just have no revelation and understanding of the church. And I think it's because of this. I think it's because they don't have the acquaintance and the intimacy and that divine connection of the Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, don't do anything unless you get acquainted and empowered and clothed from on high with the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that enables me to do what I'm doing and to do what we have done and will do. I couldn't have done all this. I couldn't have been the man of God that I am now without the Holy Spirit. You ask my brother. My brother's in the house for the second time. Give him a hand, everyone. This guy knows me. He grew up with me. He says, what's, what's with you? You know, who are you? You know, I don't know you anymore. The Holy Spirit, when it comes upon you, when it comes in you, when it comes around you, you become, man, you become like that. What's that movie again? Avatar. It's like that. You step into a different zone. 
You step into a different zone, man, where you do need the equipment to live in a dimension. And the equipment is a, a divine relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because just believing in the Bible and believing in God's not going to be enough, my friend. Young and old, you need the Holy Spirit. And I've seen people peter out and they're going, yeah, I love this stuff. Wow, this church is great. I love the music. Wow, the, yeah, the videos, the testimony and the signs. and Oh, it's wonderful. But I'm telling you, that will fade into gray unless you have the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. So help me, Lord, this morning, prove that. And by the way, what is the church? The church is the only institution that our Lord promised to build and to bless. Matthew 16, verse 18. The church is the most precious too. The church is the most precious assembly on earth since Christ purchased it with his own blood. And I've got scripture after scripture after scripture after each statement here. Number three, the church is the earthly expression of the heavenly reality. The church is the earthly expression of heaven's reality. We should be breathing in the oxygen of heaven. Man, you know, if you went to heaven, your body would be healed. Amen? Do you imagine people walking around in heaven with a broken leg or uh, a, a pancreas that is playing up or, man, or, or, or with a dowdy face. Man, you're in heaven. You go, oh, wow, this is great. What's the name of that movie again? <laughs> Avatar. You'd be like in Avatar. You'd be going, oh, oh, wow. Oh, man. Oh, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, this is, oh, this is. And you know what? And we're supposed to bring that down into the church, that reality. Like, this is awesome. This is, this is a ride of your life. This is fantastic. But you've got to have the Holy Spirit to get the divine connection. I've got to get that movie out of my head. It's starting to play with my sermon. The church is the launching pad for world evangelization. And six, the church is the chief place for spiritual edification and growth. Listen, my friends, to live the Christian life with purpose and passion, you need the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, your wheels are spinning. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. Yeah, but you're not going anywhere. You're not growing. You're not doing it. There's no traction. I nearly got bogged on the beach and I loved it. I realized that I had a four-wheel vehicle. You know when people have four-wheel vehicles and they never take them off-road? And someone said to me at the campsite, you got a four-wheel vehicle. And I looked and I went, yeah, I have too. He said, you can go on the beach if you want. I said, oh, I might do that. So I coached Julie after dinner. I said, Julie... You've got to come for an adventure with me on the dunes, on the plains, on the sand, after dinner romance drive. Lock the hubs, put it in four-wheel drive, push the cobwebs out of the way, four-wheel drive. And we went. And then someone said, as an echo, as we were living in Caravan Park, watch the soft sand. And so we were driving along, the wind was in our hair, the ocean was just breaking in front of us. My daughters were running, doing their exercise. Doesn't Jamie look excellent? She's run kilometers and kilometers. And I could see her in the distance and we're driving along and the smell of the air. This is what driving's about. 
and then all, all of a sudden, and I drop it, and I drop it, and I get down to first gear, and uh, oh, and because I tried to turn around, and I went, okay, Julie goes, yeah, what now? And so drop it into reverse, and drop it, and back, and back, and back. Now the, the ocean's lapping on my back wheel. And, and, and then I find a gear, and I find a prayer, and then I... And some daughters to... And that's right, didn't tell them that. Daughters get behind. That's why you have daughters. The daughters are the best men I got in my family. No, no sons, just four daughters, but they're strong as, man, I'm telling you, man. They can push you out of bogs and, man, oh. And we got out and we got back. I loved it. I loved it. Girls sat on the roof, dented the roof. That's what girls do. That's right. Let's go to the scripture, Ezekiel 36, 20, 26. Ezekiel 36, 26. I want to take you through, very quickly, through where this began, this Holy Spirit um, uh, brooding, I I guess, hovering. uh, And I want to take you there. But the scripture I want to bring out here is a prophetic word. It's in Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. There it is. That's the spirit-filled life right there. This is a prophecy from Ezekiel saying there will come a day when Jesus comes, when he will bring in a new way of living, whereby if you acknowledge your Savior, Jesus Christ, he will give you a heart that can be inscribed upon by the written word of God. And so now we're not following God after, after the law, jumping through hoops and, and the letter of the law, but now we please God and honor God and obey God by the Spirit of God. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and we, we do this life in, in the Spirit, by faith, by grace. Say grace. Say, say by faith, by grace, in the Spirit. Say by faith, in grace, in the Spirit. So here it is. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you. What spirit? The Holy Spirit. And move you to follow. Follow God. Follow Jesus. Follow the word. Follow the leading of God into a most dramatic, wonderful adventure of life. I am being led by the Holy Spirit in life. And I have been doing that for many years. How about you? Is that what you do? That's why I got bogged. The Holy Spirit led now. And I will put my spirit in you. Move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And you will live in the land I gave your forefathers. This land is the kingdom of God. You will be my people and I will be your God. And I will save you from all uncleanliness. In the power of the Spirit, He can heal, cleanse you from all uncleanliness. Who's with me on that? It's, it's true. The, the power and the ability of the Holy Spirit to sanctify you, cleanse you, is what you need. Is what you need. If you're dealing with a struggle, a sin, a a habit, an addiction, man, get the Holy Spirit onto it. Holy Spirit, I need you now. Come. So that is a prophecy that was spoken of in the Old Testament. But I want to go back 
into the very beginning. Genesis 1.1, and I love this. So I've thrown this together with an understanding of what is precious to me in the Holy Spirit. So here it is. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. You could, you could attribute this to a person's life. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now this person was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And, but, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I believe the Spirit of God is hovering over people right now. I believe the Holy Spirit is hovering over people who are about to be saved in our community. See that? The Holy Spirit was hovering over this formless mass. And then, but then God spoke. And that's the Word of God, my friend. So you got the Holy Spirit hovering over you, but then God spoke. And so you need the Word of God. And when you begin to speak over your life, speak over that chaotic circumstance over your life, guess what happens? God brings, and then there was light. And then God separated the water from the earth, and then God introduced this and that and everything else, all because the Holy Spirit was there. So even in the very beginning, even in the Garden of Eden, the Holy Spirit was there. Now let's have a look at that. One, one, uh, Genesis 1, 3, and God said, let there be light. Where's the next one? Um, 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 um. Genesis 3, 8. There it is. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the tree. This is about God's presence. So in the beginning was the presence of God hovering over the earth. But in the beginning was the presence of God with Adam and Eve in the garden. And here it is again. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And God is still saying that about people. Men and women, where are you? The Holy Spirit is saying, Yeah, you've given your life to the Lord. He's high and lifted up. But you need, the Holy Spirit is saying, You need me to be intimately acquainted with Him. You need the Holy Spirit to be intimately acquainted with Jesus. Trust me. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to be acquainted. You need to know the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 8.5 We're not going to go there. Let's go to um, Exodus 3.2 Let's talk about the next favorite part of the presence of God, the living God showing up in himself, his presence showing up to a man called Moses. Say Moses. So now we've got mankind separated from God. Sin has been introduced. Man has been separated from God's presence. And now we have a dilemma. But there is a man called Moses. He's been chosen. He's been chosen to be a deliverer. And he's been chosen to set the people free. And they have been set free from Egypt. And now God calls them to this mountain, Mount Sinai or Mount Moriah. He calls them to this mountain. He says, this is good. I want you to bring all the people here to worship me at this mountain. And the people come, the millions of people, the Israelites come to this mountain. And then God says, I've got some... I've got some instructions for you. I've got the Ten Commandments for you. Do you remember? I've got the Ten Commandments. And the people of God say, great, this is good. 
but they go into the desert. Something happens with the instructions. They don't follow them quite well. But God in His instructions says, I'm going to measure myself out through the tabernacle and a temple. And there's going to be a priest. There's only going to be one person who can come into this place of my presence. And then I'm going to measure myself out to the priest. And then that way, the people are not going to get skediddled by my power by my awesome power. Are you with me on this? And so Moses said, now hang on, no, we just don't want a bunch of laws and rules here, but we want your presence. And he says here, Exodus 3, 2 says, then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire mm, from within a bush. Yeah. And Exodus 33, 15 says, Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. I love this. This is my, some of my favorite scripture. Lord, if we don't have your presence, we're not going to be able to do church duels. If we don't have your presence, I don't even want to go on holidays. If we don't, if we don't have your presence, I don't want to do a youth conference without his presence. Um, I don't want Katrina to work without his presence in the office doing an admin. That's why Phil Pringle says he wants all the admin staff to pray for an hour before they start. He pays them to pray for an hour. I don't want to do anything without his presence. That lyric, I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. The Jesus culture. Who knows Jesus culture? They're coming out. We need, and it's the presence that makes all the difference. It's the presence that empowers, that allows you to experience, hang on, that allows you to experience your salvation every day. Are you experiencing your salvation? Jimi Hendrix used to had his first big album of 1966. He said, are you experienced? Meaning that, He's been somewhere. Have you been where I've been? I, mean, I don't know where he went, but... Kiss the sky, excuse me. Kiss the sky or something. Uh, uh, anyway. But um, you've got, you, you got to have a daily experience with your salvation, with God. I believe, listen to me, I believe everyone needs a burning bush experience. I believe everyone needs a time where, just like Moses, where God said to Moses, the burning bush, it, the, it's not consumed, big fire, presence of God, glory, kabod glory, Shekinah glory, the weight of the glory. Then God, and then Moses says, wow. And then God speaks through the burning bush and says, Moses, take off your shoes or your sandals. This place is holy ground. He gets commissioned. He gets a word. That's what most of you, you youth need. You need to get what I got back in 93. I was a Christian for seven years. Doing nicely. We were called the golden family. Everything was rosy. We were doing our bit for God, serving the church. But then we had a burning bush experience. 
Take off your shoes. Take off your Havanas, Phil. This is holy ground. And then we had an encounter. Say encounter. With God. Guess what happened after seven years of coming to church? After knowing a bunch of Bible and even going to Bible college in 1990. This is in 93. Guess what happened? I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. See? You don't know what you're missing until, you know, until you realize when you get it, you would go, my God, this is not the life for me. I need to lift up my gaze, look out on the horizon, and I need to see, my God, whose church is that? That C3 Tungrafil, the Lord said to Phil and Julie. I said, well, whose church is that? Did Neil Joseph start that? He said, no. Did, 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 did someone start that? Did Steve start that? Did, did Jeff McManus start? He said, no, you're going to start it. My God, is that possible? Oh, yeah. Just take this fire. Take this Holy Spirit. Never forget this encounter. Never forget this, this intimacy I've just had with you. Because in that encounter, we are acquainted with God in a most profound way. Once I looked into Julie's eyes on a dance floor in Cabramatta, a place that eventually burnt down. I think it was an insurance job or something. I don't know. Good place that. Saw Johnny Winner there. Anyway. and, uh, And Julie had after we danced around each other because in the 70s we knew of each other but we were of a different clan. She was uptown girl and I was the surfy bum. I was the downtown boy. Long hair, bum fluff, surfy. Jerry can in my hand, cars broken down on the side of the road, life broke, busted, no future, no purpose, no passion. Then I met the uptown girl. <laughs> and then she said, yeah, I'm not doing anything tonight. I said, well, I'm going down this nightclub, good band down there. She said, yeah, yeah, I did. I don't do bands, but... Uh, and so, because we end up back in our hometown. She was overseas and Singapore, five-star hotels and high-life entertainer. I was in North Queensland building weirs and dams, surfing and <laughs> riding motorbikes, hanging with the rednecks, watching pool tables get upended and pool cues hit over the back of heads of people. And, and then we end up back at our hometown because we used to go to the same school. And the Lord let her go that way and the Lord let me go this way. We end up back at our hometown. And somehow, by divine coincidence or divine planning from you Holy Spirit allowed this couple that on paper should not be together according to their parents we were the last options for each other and all our friends who may I say when we got married I lost 99% of 
because they lived a completely different lifestyle than the new lifestyle that God was introducing to me. But when I looked into your eyes, darling, on that dance floor and I saw you and, I, uh, and our eyes locked on, it's like, what's that movie called again? Avatar. Avatar. No, it's like those tails, you know. Whoa. And we looked into each other's eyes and, oh my God, this is it. This is, oh, busted. Oh, I let my guard down. Why'd I do that for? I never do that. I let her in. She let me in. And then the relationship began. Do you know what? I reckon the Holy Spirit's a bit like that. He's just waiting around. Where are we going today, son? Did you, did you hear something? No. And so the Holy Spirit, when you get saved, becomes your friend. Jesus said that, the, that in His coming, that He would be uh, able to release a new covenant where now by we don't have to live by the letter of the law, but by grace, faith, and by the Spirit... And when he got to Acts 1.8, and he was leaving for the last time, Acts 1.8, the multimedia crew have walked out on me. Acts 1.8, uh, Acts, uh, Acts 1.8, by the time we get there, um, Jesus said to the disciples, please, please, please don't do anything. Don't start a church. Don't do a home cell group. Don't try and witness. Don't try and do anything. But there's coming a moment, a time, a promise from the Bible, the, the prophecies of, of yesterday, there's coming a promise that I'm going to release from heaven. And it's going to do this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea. And so the disciples were hanging out. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, have we got that? Acts chapter 2, this is here, here it is. This is, and this is a lot of commotion right now because the Holy Spirit's going to come in in power right now. In Acts 2, 1, when the day of Pentecost came, this is, this is how the church was birthed. The, the church was birthed like this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. What were they doing? They were praying. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. This is a lot of commotion. This is a big deal. And even there was movements in, uh, to, to reclaim that experience. Bit of history here for you, Garth. In the tw early 20th century, we had the Pentecostal and the charismatic movements introducing the wind, the suddenly, the fire, the earthquake. And man, who's ever been to any meetings like that? Any, any, any revival meetings like that? I love those revival meetings like that. And so we had the Pentecostal movement, the revival meeting, introducing the wind, the fire. And we do it here still too. But then there's Elijah. I don't know if you can go to the scripture in Kings. Is it 1 Kings? I'm nearly done. 1 Kings 19, verse 11 to 13. 1 Kings 19, verse 11 to 13. It says it like this. This is my other favorite scripture, my other favorite story of the Holy Spirit. 
coming powerfully. It's to Elijah. He's, he's whimpering. He's just fought a tough battle. He's just taken out 400 prophets of Baal. He's challenging them to a duel. He says, you put your sacrifice there. You call on your gods, your prophets of Baal. And you, let, let's see what your God will do. And they shouted and they cut themselves and they weeped and prayed and nothing happened. Then he says, right, get three buckets of water and just douche it and douche it again. And three times they douche this sacrifice he made. Then he said, God, if you're God and you are the God of the universe, prove yourself faithful. Guess what? God came. Fire! Consume the sacrifice. I love that. But then somehow this strong spirit of... Um, Avatar. <laughs> no, no, no. Ahab and Jezebel pointed at, at Elijah and says, now you're going to get it. And Elijah ran for the hills. In fact, he went into a cave. Back to that scripture now. This is where some people can get themselves into, in a cave, hiding from their calling, hiding from life, hiding from who they are in God, hiding from God. Where are you? Where are you? And here comes God to the rescue, to Elijah. I love this story. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. That's what happened to us in 93. The Lord said, come to a revival meeting at Valor Beach. And in 93, bam, we got this, this deal here. The Lord said, go out, stand on the mountain, go to Valor Beach in 1993 in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Next, next. Roll it through. Roll it through. Come on, wish it on. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood. Oh, uh, after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. This is where I, Jules, this is it. We've had the fire, we've had the earthquakes, we've had the wind. Now we've got the Holy Spirit just whispering to people. I'm nearly done. I'm nearly done. You know, we've had a lot of commotion. Who's been to some of these revival meetings? Wow, I've been blessed in them. But you know what? I believe guys like the Jesus culture, the Bill Johnson ministry represent this, the still, quiet voice of the Holy Spirit that's bringing Aussies to salvation that's bringing you to a baptism of the Holy Spirit. I got this brochure. I'm nearly done. You're not as hot as me, I bet. And I love Dayspring Church. Say Dayspring Church. Say thank God for Dayspring Church. Got their first newsletter. Dayspring. Our passion. Dayspring. Who brings in Bill Johnson. Bill Johnson is the whisper of revival, of intimacy with God. Bill Johnson's ministry, Jesus' culture, is about this. You on the dance floor with the Holy Spirit and Avatar. Bing! 
He says this, and I love David Crabtree. Is that his name? I hope I got it right. Sorry, people are listening to me online. Our passion for the Holy Spirit, I'm nearly done. Our passion for the Holy Spirit runs deep and our desires to see Him fully realized throughout the body of Christ. I'll go up here, more light. I'm going up the mountain. That's where my help comes from. Our purpose is to inspire, to educate, and to outfit believers for a lifetime of empowerment and adventure. Love this stuff. If we can believe more in the power of God to change lives than in the power of sin to ruin them, we will see a strong community of powerful people bent on seeing the atmosphere of heaven. Say heaven. Do that. Heaven. Lost my place now. Strong community of powerful people bent on seeing the atmosphere of heaven invading our earthly realities. And so I want to recommend this morning that you maybe get yourself to when heaven invades earth, Bill Johnson, a real church that sees real miracles. Their youth ministry is Jesus culture. It's the most... Even Darlene Check of Hillsong says their music is the most cutting-edge, profound, prophetic voice in the wind at the moment. Who listens to their music? Profound. And Katrina, I want you to book the leadership team. I want you to book myself and Julie for the sessions March 13th to Saturday 20th because I need another encounter with God. I'll give you that precious. If you're in the house this morning, you firstly, before you can get the power of the Holy Spirit, you need to receive and accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. That's right, isn't it? Then Jesus said, when you receive me as your Lord and Savior, when you are divinely forgiven, set free, born again, when you're connected with me and you acknowledge me as your God, you are then entitled, not, for, not with steak knives and, and with some other cyclopedia set, but you are entitled, bro, uh, Bryce, entitled to the power, say power, the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a promise. And I've got to read this scripture because it'll nail my, my sermon. It'll nail it good and proper. And it's in Ephesians 1.13. And I'm going to invite anyone who desires to give their life to the Lord this morning to respond because we're at the start of a new year, a new decade, and it would be the best thing you could ever do. Ephesians 1.13 says this. Thank you, guys. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. The word of truth right now is the gospel. Jesus Christ is Lord. The only way to God the Father is through Jesus and accepting Him with your faith, with your heart, that He is Lord, that He is the way, the truth, the life to heaven. Who believes that? Who believes that? Right. Once you've got that happening, 
That is the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Now, that Holy Spirit is yours. No one can take it from you. But guess what? There's more. There's more. And there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's close our eyes right now. Father, if there be anyone in the house that needs salvation through the power of the gospel, that need to be divinely acquainted with God, connected to God, Lord, we're asking that, Lord, you would stir them up in their faith, in their heart towards you. This is what I'd like to really say. Holy Spirit, thank you. Because we cannot come to salvation without the Holy Spirit leading us. There's people here whereby the Holy Spirit has been leading you, guiding you, speaking to you. Holy Spirit. Now, listen to everyone in the house. Could, could everyone say this in the house? Holy Spirit, thank you that you are befriending me, that you are inviting me to intimacy, to a divine connection with God the Father and Jesus the Son. Holy Spirit, forgive me of grieving you, of ignoring you all these years. But Holy Spirit, from this moment on, I choose to recognize you, believe you, hear you, your leadings, your guidings, your wisdom on every matter in my life. Lead me on. Lead me on. Lord Jesus, I'm just praying right now that if there be anyone here that needs salvation, that right now they would decide to say yes to you by simple prayer, by acknowledging of Jesus and a confession of your, of your mouth, a simple prayer, you can be saved, set free, empowered for living, empowered to overcome sin, overcome life, to be an overcomer, to live for God like you've never lived before. If that's you and you're in the house, would you just like to praise God? Well, that didn't take, fantastic. Let's give it a hand to anyone else coming. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anyone else, you're not sure of your salvation. You're not sure of your salvation. You just simply need to, to I guess, say afresh to God, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm praying for a brand new start. Maybe you've been on the back paddocks. Maybe you've been ignoring.